God bless you all, and welcome to Core 242 Podcast with Pastor Max and Pastora Trish. Join us as we study the Word of God. All right, amen. Amen. So it was just an exciting time just being in the Word and being uh, focusing on what the Holy Spirit is. Um, again, we, we went through repentance and uh, what it means to have true repentance and then... Uh, Last week we talked about about uh, being born from above. Just what does that mean, and what does that look like, and uh, having the different mindset of that of actually that is just um, what was the big the big turnaway is that it's not to die of ourselves because we're pretty much already dead. Like we're those bones that Ezekiel talks about, right? Um, so. Yesterday, uh, last week, we we introduced the three things uh, that Trish is going to go go through, and then we'll get into the main message. So, <clears throat> sorry, as we've been talking about the role of the Holy Spirit and uh, being devoted to the Holy Spirit, you know, obviously part of the journey is learning who the Holy Spirit is, that the Holy Spirit is not an it. And there's even times where we listen back to our sermon that we slip into that because it's so misunderstood in the church, the concept of who the Holy Spirit is as a person, um, that, that we are, we think that we are, have an identity, uh, but really we're just vessels that the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. actually dwells within. And part of that process, right, was first that we repent of trying to do our own thing and have our own truth and go our own way. And then the next step was rebirth. And when we looked at rebirth, we really saw a pattern in scripture of the process of rebirth and what that looked like, uh, what the Holy Spirit's activity looks like in us, uh, remembering that we were dead in our sin, we were dead in our transgressions, and we actually need to learn to live. So we're once we've repented, and we've especially if we've been baptized, we move forward in faith, and the Holy Spirit is the one who does the work in us. And the three steps were to cleanse, to commit and to consecrate. And I want to just share real briefly from uh, Genesis chapter one to just show you a a quick overview of this pattern. When you read Genesis chapter one, you see that in in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And this is really where God comes to us is that our life is formless and empty and it's filled with darkness and evil. And again, we're, we're dead in our sin. So we don't necessarily, there's an ongoing process of dying to our old nature, but really we need to come alive in Christ. And so in verse two, it says the spirit of God was hovering over the waters and, and then God begins to do his work of creation. And when we think about our Christian walk, what really happens is that the Holy Spirit is hovering over us and waits for that moment and then begins to cleanse us. Mm-hmm. The same way that that all of creation, the Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters, right? So there's something very symbolic. Mm-hmm. We know that we use water to wash our clothes, to wash our dishes, to wash our hands, to wash our... And we, we tend to really minimize uh, in in Protestant traditions the mystery of baptism and the meaning of baptism, but because we're like, oh, well, that's physical, right? And we separate the physical, the fleshly things from the spiritual things. And even that we were talking about, 
I think was it last week or the week before? It was two weeks ago. Uh, the that that's a Greek concept to to think that the flesh is and the physical realm is all bad, and then there's the spiritual realm which is good. Really, God can exist in both, and mm. the Word becomes flesh, and Jesus dwelt among us, and so there's a place that God uses the physical realm as part of this process of cleansing, mm. committing, and consecrating. This is the space where it begins to happen. It's not in some high off heavenly place, right? And we looked at last time about being born from above. We talked mm-hmm. about that quite extensively. So the first step of cleanse, commit, and consecrate, these are the three steps that we saw as patterns in scripture of how the Holy Spirit leads us uh, through the process of being born again. Again, that really being born from above. Mm-hmm. And it starts with this cleansing process, how the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And it's right there in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. And then the next thing that happens is in Genesis one twenty six, God says, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. So the next step is this commitment. And again, we see the commitment is not from us. The commitment is God's commitment to us. God is committed to that process of making us new. Our role is to just yield to the hand of the creator. Our role is to just allow the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. and to not rebel and resist, Mm -hmm. right? It's to, to allow the Holy Spirit to make us into God's image, to make us into the image of Christ. So we see in verse 26 that God commits and says, let us make man in our image. And and that word for man is humanity. And then immediately following that, uh, well, two verses in one twenty-eight. We then see that God consecrates us. He consecrates creation. And it says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And this is what we really wanted to focus on today because we talked a lot about cleansing during the repentance process. We talked a lot about committing, about being born uh, from above last week. And now we really want to look at this idea of consecrate where God blesses uh, humanity and he sets humans apart from the rest of creation for a special and unique purpose. And uh, before I, I know you're going to share, we kind of broke up today into two primary texts, Mm -hmm. but this last uh, one from Genesis chapter two, uh, wrapping up this process that we see as the pattern starting from Genesis all the way to Revelation is that in chapter two, uh, verse three, it says, God blessed the seventh day and made it holy Mm -hmm. because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So interestingly enough, the the only day that scripture shall, tells us that he sets apart as holy, the, the word there is the same as where we get consecrate, right? Uh, is that, is the seventh day when God actually rests. And there's this ironic thing that we, we strive so hard that we think that God created us for this purpose, this purpose, this purpose. Mm-hmm. And we just keep coming back to the purpose that he set us apart for is for relationship with him. The purpose mm-hmm. he set us apart mm-hmm. for is to be with him, is to rest in him, is to be made in his image and likeness. And we strive after, we want to rule creation and the mm-hmm. birds of the air and the thing, right? We want to do all these other things. And God is just like, no, look at the pattern that I set out in Genesis 1. If you want to know why I made you, if you want to know at the core of who you are, who, who I made you to be, 
this is what I've set you apart for, mm. to be in my presence. Mm. And when we see consecrating, right, the, the key to remember is that what makes something holy is not that it's good or bad. It's not that it's righteous or unrighteous or clean or unclean. What, what makes something holy is not the element in and of itself. Like when we have communion, it's not the cracker. It's not the juice. What makes it holy is that the purpose for which it's being used. Mm-hmm. Wow. For, the, for whose presence it's in. When you read through the Old Testament over and over and over again, mm-hmm. you see that there's cups and plates and spoons and all these normal everyday items, but they're consecrated as holy because they're in the tabernacle, mm-hmm. because they're in the presence of God. And so you and I, we may be ordinary, regular people, uh, and there's not anything, although we want to be super special, what makes us special is that the Holy Spirit dwells within us, is mm-hmm. the presence of God in us. Not us in and of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, you, yeah. so we're going to go to Ephesians chapter two, right? You, I, okay. Yep. Yep. Um, so, so yeah, and I think that's a cool thing, a cool, a cool part of it that, that Trisha kind of introduced introduce with, with it is that you know you look at a tabernacle first; it's just a spoon, you know, mm-hmm. right? It's, yeah. it's just a spoon. Okay, it's pretty spoon because it's made out of. I forgot it was a gold or a bronze, one of those two. You know, so it was precious spoon. It, mm-hmm. So it's it's a little bit special, but it's still just a spoon. It's inside the holy place on the table, but it's still just a spoon. When it starts being used for God's work, then it becomes more. Because mm-hmm. any spoon could have been just there. But when you start being used for God, and that's, that's kind of talks, tells us about us being holy, it's like, we have lots of great people who do lots of great things. There's all these charities. They do amazing things, and they're good. Mm-hmm. But when you do it for God's glory, not for the charity's glory, mm-hmm. that becomes a totally different thing. Yeah. You know, it's that it's that thing. But but we casted out demons in your name, and we healed people in your name. He's like, I just wanted a cup of cold water. <laughs> I was so, thirsty. Yeah. Poor woman at the well never gave him his cup of water. <laughs> <laughs> she ran out and ran away. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's that it's that our purpose, and, and that's why I like when Trisha and I have been talking for the past two days about this ministry. It's just like being repurposed, like mm-hmm. that. That's to me, it's such a it's such a cool thing. It's like you take the gifts that you have, and yeah. God takes them and repurposes them, and you look through it. it it's amazing what God does with wow. this repurpo- repurposing because you you look through through the Bible and He repurposed. In in is in uh, Egypt, he repurposed gnats and and locusts and frogs mm-hmm. for his glory. Mm-hmm. Like, really? He's like, no. He's gonna see how amazing I am. I'm gonna send this out. He repurposed Donkey. the donkeys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he repurposed a cross, the horrible, uh, painful death. He repurposed death. Hmm. You know what I mean? Wow. When you look at it, it was. Supposed to be the sting. What the enemy meant for evil. Yeah. Wow. You know, he, he has repurposed all this. In this. So we want to look at that, how uh, he calls us to be repurposed for, for his way. And the only way we can do that is uh, with the, through the Holy Spirit. So we're in Ephesians 2. And this is going to tie with uh, from uh, last time about, about being, uh, uh, being dead. Like just like those dry bones in Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. And it starts off. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. That that's the state that we're in 
before Christ, right? You, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at works in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the craving of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up, raised us up with Christ and seated us, us with him in the heavenly realm in Christ Jesus in order that in the common ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Mm-hmm. So this passage outlines this amazing repurposing, this ma- amazing uh, consecration of who we supposed to, who who we are, and this we're going to look at two scriptures. This scripture is, is kind of talking about how we look and what our actions look like when we are consecrated. Because first of all, in the in this aspect, is first of all we we realize who we are and and where we were going and how disobedient disobedient we were uh, in our lives. And we lived upon those people, and we were those people, and everything else. And then he, we go into why now we have a, a different life, how we're set apart. And he talks about uh, Christ's death and Christ's resurrection, and and Christ being at the right hand of God, and we're right there with Him in spirit. So it's imp- very important things. And again, it's all the things that we didn't do, just like Trish opened up, mm-hmm. that it was God doing those things in Genesis. None of none of it. It was just us. So he talks over and over. I like how he says, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. That's an important aspect of it, that we cannot boast about the gifts that God, ha- God has given us. You know, it's, it's, it's him and him alone. And uh, the last part, uh, verse 10, that, that's kind of where kind of I wanted to look. It says, for we are God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to do God works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. It's a, we we always get amazed that we did something good. Mm-hmm. We're created to do good. We were, we're set. We were meant to do hmm. good. We became dead in our transgression and sins, but we were created to do good. So when we become consecrated, we become when we. Uh, get repurposed by the Holy Spirit, by God, by the relationship that we have with God through Christ. We become repurposed again to do those good works, and uh, it's we we kind of have to sit at that because you know there's all these other things that kind of pop into our heads of mm-hmm. how this looks like. It's just just do good, you know. It's not all these other things um, that kind of. We, we followed before. Right. Right. It's not to be successful. It's not to 
find the right spouse and have a big career and a big family and all of that. The things that we thought, you know, were blessings from God before Mm -hmm. we now realize that we are living in the physical, right? And God has a higher purpose. That's, that's the being born from above. And what makes something consecrated, what makes something holy is that it's not just set apart to the side, not that it's different, but that it's being used for a higher purpose. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that getting married or having kids or having a good job, like those things are bad, but we, we have to put them in their proper place and realize that, that God has something so much higher for us. And, and in God's kingdom, it's actually upside down, right? Like yeah. Jesus goes after the outcast and he says to go after the, the widow and the orphan and the cup of cold water. So all the things that we think are so good that we're accomplishing these great things for the kingdom. He's like, but did you love your neighbor? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you, did you show mercy? That's good. Mm-hmm. You know, did you forgive? Like, let's just, let's get to these things. Cause these are the very heartbeat, you know, the heartbeat of God. And and again, as as Max was saying, the the idea that it's we we quote very often, you know, verses eight, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, not by works. You know, it's just, but when you put it in the context of chapter two, if we're dead, when you're dead, like we think we're alive, that shirt that you had is not just about being alive, right? It's, we have to learn to truly live. We we think that we're living, but we're actually dead in our sin. And if you're dead, if, or or like in the Walking Dead you know, series when you're a zombie, like there is no, they, they can't do anything good. They can't understand. They can't perceive the word, you know, they're, they're just walking dead and we don't realize that we think we're alive, but we're really just walking dead. And so in that state, there is nothing that we can do, but follow these sinful natures. We're, we're really living more like animals mm-hmm. than as the humans that God created us to be. And, uh, you know, Micah has this, this friend who he had a growth spurt when they were in sixth grade is like his really close friend. And he was so proud of himself because he, he was so tall and he could hit the ceiling and he could, and he would just brag on it all the time. And, you know, we're, we're all on the shorter side and Micah, especially now he's, he's having his growth spurt finally, but he was like a foot shorter than his closest friend. And it just got to those. And where you would just (laughs) tell him all the time, like, I was like, wow, you did absolutely nothing to be tall. Right, because like, he would brag you, about like, it. Like, what are you bragging about? It's like, like you, you did nothing. Right, and and this is what we do. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. we we can do nothing. So if we if we follow God's will for our lives, it's the Holy Spirit in us that's doing the good work. It's not us. If we're left to our own, we would just make a mess out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So God has these good things prepared in advance for us to do, but we are incapable of doing them out of our own. It's only when the Holy Spirit is using us um, in the proper way when we submit to the Holy Spirit. Uh, I, I on a cheesy one, I just said, it, it's because it's a real classic scene. You know, the, that's because we're talking about the spoon. So the fork from the Little Mermaid is such a classic <laughs> illustration of that, right? It's such a silly thing. Yeah. But in the hands of Ariel, right, she has no idea what the fork is for. So she's like combing her hair at the table all awkwardly. But, you know, in the hand of a, like a master chef, you could do incredible things. Mm-hmm. And we have to realize that we're just the tool, yeah. right? Mm. And when, when we're enslaved to sin, the enemy is using us, but he doesn't know what to do with us. And so it's just destructive. Yeah. But in the hands of the Savior, in the hands of... God, our creator, we then have that higher purpose and, and we're being used in a way that we were designed uh, because he's the one who knows 
um, our innermost being. So I know it's it's really. I just want to sit with that one, what you just said, mm-hmm. where it says we used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler mm-hmm. of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. It's like, it's 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 heavy. It's heavy to be like we were ruled by the devil when we mm-hmm. did not have the spirit of God in us. And that that is that is really heavy. And then so. You look at those who are not saved, like, man, it's it's that proverb when, like, the, those who are being led, the sheep that are being led to a slaughter. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a really, it's a really heavy thing. Um, on the positive note, in, this, in the same uh, scripture that we read on the bottom, and you mentioned it too, it's, it's the good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. We don't have to make stuff up. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be like... All right, what is this amazing thing that I'm going to do for God? And God's like, I already had it planned out. You just listen to my words, see wow. what, see my, see what, where, where I'm leading you and just kind of follow. It's already there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you don't, you don't have to come up with new things. Nice. So, so that, that's the positive aspect of, of it. So, so that's kind of, kind of one of the parts of the consecrated. Uh, the other one Trish is going to introduce is Colossians two twenty uh, through three seventeen. You guys want to find two twenty to three seventeen? And we're reading a lot of text today, so maybe you can take some turns reading. But it's really important to hear this pattern uh, in context because it's over and over and over again through both the Old and the New Testament. This where we didn't start amazing and then we screwed it up we started in chaos and darkness and death and god makes us into something new and it's not of our own free will we're actually slaves to sin but it's through christ calling us and pulling us out and making us new like in christ we actually have free will but in our sin we we have no ability to do that so we're going to look uh, starting at verse 20 and it goes all the way to 317 so maybe we could each just read like five verses go ahead christina can you start us Mm -hmm. off if with christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world why as if you were still alive in the world do you submit to regulations do not handle do not taste Do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body. They are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. If, then, you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual morality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must rid yourself of all such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. 
Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive each other's grievances that you may have against each other. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with wisdom, sing spiritual psalms, hymns, with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. So again, we see this pattern of we, we are dead and we really are just tools. So if we are going our own way, we are under the influence of Satan. We are under the influence. And so it's, it's in and of itself, the, the vessel is not, we say, you know, well, why does God allow good things to, I mean, bad things to happen to good people? Actually, we should probably say, why does God allow good things to happen to bad people? would right. be more accurate. Right. Uh, I almost misspoke, but it <laughs> actually yeah. is. I think we're more mad about the first one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but realistically, like the cup in and of itself is not necessarily good or bad. It's what the cup is being used for. Wow. And when when we are not filled with the Holy Spirit, we're under the influence of the spirits of this world. We're under the influence. And so we're going to do things that are ungodly. We're going to do all of these things, uh, greed, covetousness, anger, you know. And some of it is is also because of trauma. We don't know how to deal with things. And so we just repeat the patterns that we saw in our family members and friends and it's just in our nature right and that's why it says here but you've died to that and now the holy spirit right is living within us why are we still trying to do these religious things like that's the part that you read christina Mm -hmm. which was do not handle do not taste do not touch and it says that there's this appearance of wisdom, but it's really self-imposed worship, false humility, harsh treatment of the body, and it doesn't do anything to stop your desires. Mm-hmm. And and this is what we still do in the church. It's yeah. like, well, oh, but now you're saved, so now you're going to be good, and you're not going to look at porn, and you're not going to do this, and you're not going to do that, and you're right. not going to use bad words, and you're not going to drink, and you're not going to smoke. It's like, and it's the same, he's like, you're... You're missing it. Like, this is still religion. Like, Mm -hmm. what you need to do is put on the new self. Just stop trying to focus on what you shouldn't do and focus on what the Holy Spirit wants you to do, that higher purpose, right? You know, when, when someone is in recovery, the more that they think about and talk about the drug that they're addicted to, the more that they crave it and the more it just... If anyone has taken it, if you've ever been on a diet, it's the same mm-hmm. thing, right? Yeah. It's the moment that you can't have the pizza is the moment that you want it, even if you don't even normally eat pizza that often. It's like tomato. It's, there's just this desire <laughs> that creeps up within us when you say don't, 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 yeah, right? But yeah. if you have a higher focus and you're like, no, I have this goal. Like I want to be able to run that 5K or I want to be healthy for my grandchildren or whatever that is. When you focus on something that's a higher goal, 
those desires start to diminish and they, they don't pull you in anymore. Mm. And that's really what we need is not to just say, it says here, you know, rid yourselves of anger and rid yourselves of slander and, and envy and, you know, desiring worldly possessions and all that. But the reason that you can do that is because you're putting on the higher purpose. You're acting with compassion. You're bearing with one another and forgiving each other. You're acting out of mercy and grace. And you realize that you're, you're actually above all of that. You can, you can look at people who maybe abused you or, or neglected you or slighted you and, and see like, wow, I actually, I kind of feel sad for them because yeah, I, yeah. I realized that they just like didn't have the tools. Like they didn't see, cause you see your own worth and you don't need them to validate you or affirm you anymore. Yeah. You actually can look and say, man, I wish they could hear how God feels about them, the way that the Holy Spirit speaks to my soul and, and reminds me, you know, and testifies that I'm a child of God. So this is this, this pattern, again, of, of being cleansed and then committed to this new life and then being consecrated, unpacking the word consecrated to really realize that it just means that we're dedicated to a higher purpose. That's what holy means. That's what consecrated means is that you are now being used for a higher purpose. So the spoon is just the spoon unless it's a spoon in the house of God, right? Wow. You are just Christina. You are just Jose. I am just me. But when I am filled with the Holy Spirit, now I'm an anointed woman of God. Now, Mm. you know, the spirit of God is speaking and moving and living through me and bringing healing and prophetic word and testimony into the world. And that's what makes all the difference. So it's the now and the not yet, right? There will eventually be, we will be made something completely new Mm -hmm. on the other side of this life. And I don't know what that will look like. We don't know. There's so much mystery. But even here and now, God's grace and mercy allows us to do good works in the in-between time. Mm -hmm. And he gives us a higher sense of purpose and calling so that we can overcome the desires of the flesh. Yeah, just just to kind of finish finish up, um, just focusing on that verse seventeen, and I think that that's that, that's what kind of held on with this this whole process of a consecration set apart and exactly what Trisha said. But just looking in the Word of God, like I think this this verse speaks the most to me. That like when Trisha and I were talking about it and preparing this, I was like consecrate, being for the Lord, doing the things like. This verse is, is really speaks to me and powerful into the whatever you do, whatever you do, not the things that you do in church, not the things that you do in the Bible study, not the things that you do mm-hmm. in your quiet time or whatever in front of people, whatever you do, whether in word or deed. And I love that part mm-hmm. because we're like, you know, I'll say the good things. I'm just not going to do the good things, you know, mm-hmm. kind of both in the word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. Like, that, I feel like that, that kind of sets us apart in that aspect. Whatever we do, we do it, we do it as you do it unto the Lord. I th- and we do it in his name. It's just it's such a powerful thing because if we're concentrating on that positive aspect of it, we're not going to do the other stuff because I'm doing it in the name of the Lord. I'm not going to be watching porn in the name of the Lord. I'm not going to mm-hmm. curse the dude out in the name of the Lord. I'm not going to, yeah. you know, steal in the name yeah, of the yeah. Lord. So if mm-hmm. I'm just doing things in the name of the Lord, that's not going to be my lifestyle anymore. My lifestyle is going to be f- um, with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience, 
and love, joy, and peace. Like that's in self-control. That's what's going to be my life if I'm doing things in the name of the Lord. And I think that's uh, the life of being consecrated by the Holy Spirit yeah. and set apart. Yeah. So You were saying something and it just confirmed for me because, you know, we've been joking about the spoon or whatever, but Scripture is pretty clear and says... Do you not know that you're a... There is no spoon. Yeah, that too. It's a different different sermon for another day. But that we're a temple of the Holy Spirit. And what was the tabernacle originally, right? The tabernacle in the wilderness was where they saw the presence of God Mm. dwelling. Mm. And when the presence would stop, everyone would stop. And when the presence would move, they would all move and follow. And that's how they knew where God was leading them. If we're the temple of the Holy Spirit... God does not set us apart to do things in church, like to become a pastor, to become a worship leader, yeah. or to, you know, it, it is outside the church. It's in the world that people would see the presence of God is with that individual, you know, mm-hmm. that they are the hands and feet of Christ and, and they want to follow. Like Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Mm-hmm. That's what our purpose is, is that we should be leading people to Christ because we're a walking, living, breathing. We are the word made flesh so we don't have to beat people over the head with the bible we just have to live it out whatever we say whatever we do we do it for the name of christ jesus amen yeah there's there's a lot to that because i'm like saying i was like oh yes but that that's that's a perfect ending i think that's good and uh, i would love to have more discussions with my stuff here